Hey everyone, welcome back to Southern Fried Storytime. I am so excited to talk to you today about Rapunzel Part 2. Rapunzel is one of my favorite Disney princesses, one of my favorite classic stories as well, so I'm always pretty excited to talk about it just because I, I find the whole Maiden in the Tower phenomenon very fascinating. And uh, she's, she's up there with Tiana as far as probably tied for my favorite modern Disney princess as well. Other than that, most of my Disney princesses that are favorites of mine are the really, really old-fashioned ones where there was a really good balance between the princess and the villain back in the older Disney movies. I love that as well. Now, where we left off with Disney's queen drinking an elixir of magic golden flower to get well. As opposed to the three fairy tale women who have... A, who live in a shady neighborhood and they're stealing salad fixins from their hostile magical neighbor, as one does. I'm sure it'll all go well. It's fine, right? Stealing from an ogress can't possibly lead to any terrible, horrific problems in the future. In Disney's version, we see Mother Gothel likes to use the magic flower to keep herself young and beautiful. At least it started that way, but now she's hundreds of years old, so without that flower, she's going to disappear. So it went from a vanity thing to a physical need, basically. And when it was used to cure the queen, that put quite a crack in her plans for immortality. In the fairy tales, all three women are immediately addicted to the parsley and want it so badly that to them, life will not be worth living without it. I can honestly say I have never loved a salad that much that I thought it was worth the wrath of an ogre, but what do I know? I've never been pregnant. And honestly, I'm kind of a newer switcher over to salads anyway. Like, growing up, the vegetables were the part of the meal you ate so that you could have your meat and your potatoes, right? So, so I'm not an expert on the appropriate love of salad, but I can honestly say I've never loved one enough to like risk death, though I am warming up to them now when I'm a little older. So not to this level though. I mean, that's crazy. Don't mess around with ogres guys. It's just, just a bad idea. So either way, all three of them are caught in their second attempt at their roughage heist. In the Italian version, Pascadozia tries to use her condition as an excuse, but the ogress has no time for that nonsense. Theft is theft, and she is not accepting excuses. She says that unless Pascadozia gives her the child, she has, quote, closed the balance sheet of life. So suddenly ogres talk like Ebenezer Scrooge, and it kind of freaks me out. It's not how I picture it, because I picture, like, those big teeth kind of getting in the way. But again, what do I know? I'm not the one who wrote these. Take it up with John Batista Basile. Um, in the French version, the husband is the thief, and therefore he's the one who has to try and make some excuses. The fairy scolds him and also demands the baby in exchange for all of the parsley the young mother wants. In Grimm's version, the witch also agrees to have mercy on the husband in exchange for the baby his wife will have someday. And the non-magical humans in these stories are really in no position to argue. They can make another baby, but uh, these, these fairies and witches and stuff have the power to mess them up. If they make a fuss, their magical neighbor will turn them into a crater or a stain on the sidewalk. So they agree. In Disney's version, the queen recovers and Rapunzel is born. 
the magical golden flower's power still exists in her magical golden hair. Otherwise, it makes no st- statistic or genetic sense for two brown-haired parents to have a blonde-haired daughter. And I mean blonde, too. We're not talking about dirty blonde that's halfway between blonde and light brown. This is blonde, like golden next-level blonde. The only person who's blonder is her friend Elsa across the pond, right? Um uh, it's possible humans actually do carry the genetic material for every hair, skin, and eye color in our DNA, but the probability of what we get is inherited, and both of her parents have brown hair. Still, it's a fun fact, and anyway, to celebrate finally having their baby, they laugh, or sorry, they laugh, they launch a floating lantern into the air, because they've been waiting for this baby for a long time, and of course, whenever royalty produce an heir, it's a big deal, so the whole kingdom celebrates with this festival, and they launch the floating lantern into the air. But Mother Gothel is not prepared to let go of eternal life so easily. She sneaks into the palace, because as we see throughout the movie, the queen and the king have no game when it comes to security. She clips a chunk of Rapunzel's hair, and the magic drains from it, so she throws caution to the wind, nabs the whole baby, and takes off. This is fascinating because the first time I watched it, I kind of rolled my eyes at what I thought was a blatant attempt to sell Rapunzel dolls with glow-in-the-dark hair. Like, to me, I see her super magical hair and I'm like, oh, merchandising, right. You know, never in any of the fairy tales does she have magical hair at all. She just has really, really long hair. But as Cinema Story Origins guy points out, this is actually a brilliant move because it explains why her captor never cut her hair, which is what we don't see in any of the other versions. I don't know, I guess with the written versions, I just kind of assumed it was an easier way for their captor to get up into the tower because they use her hair as kind of an elevator, but it does explain why it was never cut. And because Disney's version doesn't end the same way as Fairy Tale Rapunzel, they can get away with that. Fairy Tale Rapunzel, when they do finally cut the hair, it's it's kind of a big plot point, not for the magical reasons in Disney's version, but yeah, it's it's kind of an important thing. So I guess that wouldn't work with the Disney version taking this tact. But either way, the hair plays a different role in the Fairy Tales versus the Disney version. But it's an interesting explanation as to why Gothel never cut her hair. It's a lot of split ends, though. The kingdom searched everywhere for the baby, but Rapunzel was hidden away in a tower where you have the longest boss fight in Kingdom Hearts 3. That was a frustrating one. I don't know how many of you out there are gamers, but that was a frustrating fight. Not because Mother Gothel is super, super hard to beat, but because they keep throwing these walls up in your way and you have to... It's just a long struggle to get to the tower to fight her. I don't know. It's annoying. Anyway, that was a sidebar. I love Kingdom Hearts, by the way. Um, How does she know where this tower is when no one else does? Well, Eugene told us in the beginning. She's hundreds of years old. She's had time to see the kingdom rise from nothing and probably paid special attention to the areas surrounding where her immortal flowers location is. So given how close this is to the kingdom, it's close enough that Rapunzel can see the launch of the lanterns every single year. Mother Gothel probably paid pretty close attention to this area since it's so close to her source of life and all. And she's ages old, so she probably just knew where this tower was in the first place. 
Myself, if I were her, I would have relocated that flower to the secret valley containing the secret tower and avoided all of this trouble. But then we wouldn't be here. Here, in this tower, she raised the child, quote-unquote, as her own. But if you've seen the Tangled the series, you know that that's pretty awful. <laughs> but true. Poor Cassandra, good gracious. <laughs> Back in the fairy tales, it's time for the lettuce thieves to pay up. In the Italian version, Petrosinella lives with Pascadocia until she's seven years old and starts going to school. She has to walk by the ogress's house on the way every single day, and every day the ogress tells Petrosinella to remind her mother of her promise. So she would. One day, Pascadocia has had it with this, and in an irritated outburst, she says that if the ogress asked her about that hateful promise, tell her I say she can take it. So, poor seven-year-old little baby Petrosinella walks by, and when the ogress does just that, poor Petrosinella, having no idea what the, all of this is about, tells her, Mommy says you can take it. And the ogress did. She took her away, created the tower with magic, and locked her up. So here, instead of just knowing where the tower is, she makes it. In the French version, the fairy is right by the mother's side when the baby is born and names the baby Parasinette. She gave the baby a blessing that made her the most beautiful girl on earth. The fairy then took the girl home to raise her with care. We live, or they live in the fairy's home until Parasinette is 12, and then to keep her from ever meeting any man, the fairy hides her in a tower that, again, she creates with magic. I believe the original story actually says because she knew her fate and wanted to keep her from it. And, of course, the fate of a human woman is to usually, not always, get married. In the German, the witch takes the baby immediately, and, again, she is shut in a tower when she is 12. Man, it's a bummer to be 12, I guess. In these fairy tales, the tower is no secret. That's just a Disney thing. The others make their tower with magic, and the locals are definitely super aware of it. Disney's version also addresses one thing that the fairy tale never does, why Rapunzel never leaves. In all versions, the same hair she uses to pull people up could easily be used to repel down the tower wall. And in all versions, she has a window, so she has the ability to do this, but she never does. While in the tales it's implied that this is because she's content and the witch-slash-ogress-slash-sorceress seems to supply her with everything she could ever need, Disney gets more specific. We see Mother Gothel begin conditioning Rapunzel to be fearful of the world around her when she's still very, very little and has that cute little baby voice. Rapunzel's real prison is her fear and the message that she is too weak and too stupid to survive in the big bad world full of big bad people is drilled in as soon as she's able to speak. While we know the person she needs to be afraid of is the person who's really using her and is also the one pretending to keep her safe. Figures. Now, in every version, we then skip right to adulthood for our maidens in their towers. The French version of this tale tells us that Parisonette had fine jewels and beautiful clothes and fancy food, books and games and everything a young lady could want. So we see she's not struggling. In fact, most of her interests that are listed in the fairy tale are the same interests that we see listed in the When Will My Life Begin song at the beginning of 
Tangled. So it's funny because Tangled claims to be based specifically on the Grimm's version, but Tangled's Rapunzel has a lot of a lot of similarities to Parasinet and Petrosinella for that matter. Probably more to similar to Petrosinella than she is to Grimm's Rapunzel, because Grimm's Rapunzel's kind of a you will see later, kind of a gullible dummy. Whereas John Batista Basile's Rapunzel, the first Rapunzel, is is much more clever and feisty. And I think we see her kind of more in common with the French Rapunzel here, just because the French Rapunzel has more things available to her in order to entertain herself. And so the interest in music and painting specifically are listed in both Disney's and the French version. And I think it's because the fairy in the French version made sure that her maiden in the tower had pretty much everything she'd need to keep herself entertained, which is actually pretty clever because when people are busy, they're less likely to become discontent with what they have. Uh, what is that saying? Idle hands are the devil's plaything. This fairy knew what she was doing because her maiden doesn't question leaving the tower even after she meets the prince. It's crazy. In Disney's version, we see she is also well cared for, and her tower is super cute, both on the outside and the inside. Though, unlike any of the books, she's pretty bored. The other Rapunzels are perfectly happy up in their tower, but this Rapunzel longs for excitement and real experiences, but she's simply too terrified to leave the tower. Every year, she can see the lanterns that are floated up from the kingdom, and they call to her like the sea calls to Moana. Somehow she knows that when she sees them, her life will change forever. And she's right. If you'd like to see how, tune in to episode three of Rapunzel. I'm so excited to get to talk through this story with you. It's it's just such a fun tale, and it's so old, which those are always my favorite ones. And uh, I'm just I'm su- super excited about it. So please do tune in, share it with all your friends if you think they'd be interested in the story, and have a wonderful, wonderful day.